Welcome to Going Platinum, the show where one man will review some of the most iconic, or not so iconic, albums of all time. Here's your host, Luke Kane. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Going Platinum. Today, we got a good one. Um, Ed, can you help me out? Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles! In 1964, the Beatles came to America and the place went nuts. No girl under the age of, what, 25 could get enough of them. They were young, they were hip, they were from Liverpool, so they had really funny accents, and they made some of the greatest hits of all time. And they showed no signs of stopping in the 60s. Proof of that was John Lennon and Paul McCartney knew exactly what they were doing when making this album, and the public loved it. In fact, sometime after this, they would later play at the famous Shea Stadium, where, I'm not kidding, no one could hear them perform because everyone was screaming so loud. Not even they could hear themselves. But I'm getting a little off topic. Time to delve into this album. Now, before I do, I have to say, I can't do the Beatles justice. I want to be doing something a little different where I'm not going to play any section of any song. Because I wholeheartedly believe that you cannot take just one person's word for how the Beatles are. You should judge for yourself and listen to this album. We agree to this? Cool. Track one. It's the title track, Help, and a very, very good song to start off. If you want a song that's going to leave an impact on a non-Beatles fan who's just listening to it to the first time, this is probably one, if you want, if you want, if you want, you got a very simple arrangement, a very predictable length for a 1960s Beatles song, and a really good melody. In my opinion, this track has the second best lyrics of this whole entire album. We'll get to number one in a bit. I like the message about appreciating the things that people help you out for when you didn't need them before. It shows a lot of character growth in one person. Other than that, there's not much more to say. The song isn't really that long, and most of the songs on this album aren't even that long. In fact, the longest song is just over three minutes long. Yeah, this is not King Crimson. For a lot of these, I won't have a ton to say. The songs are very simple. Just putting it out there right now. Anyways, time to move on with... The Night Before, the first song sung by Paul McCartney on this album. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album, but it's not really for the reasons you think. It's a typical love song about a girl, not really uncommon for the Beatles at the time. And we're talking about a time before Vietnam protesters, before the hippie age came about. No, this was the era of Beatles short rock love songs. For this song in particular, the lyrics are, in my opinion, bland. They're not really that inspiring. But for some reason, it's the way Paul McCartney sings those lines that makes it stick out a lot in my mind to I remember it and grow very fond of it. And I also like how it doesn't repeat the same four chords every single time. It has a lot of structure. It has a few bridge parts. And that's what I think really makes this song great. Simple and it's catchy. Nothing more to be said. You've Got to Hide Your Love Away is the first song that really deviates from the rock norm in this album. It's a feel-good acoustic tune that doesn't really leave a lot to the imagination, but it's pretty good. 
The lyrics are not about a girl this time. It's about a man who's made a big mistake, and everyone's telling him, you've got to hide your love away. But he overcomes it and turns his life around. Again, simple lyrics, but that's what the early Beatles knew how to do best. The instrumentation is pretty unique. All it is is just guitar, bass, and percussion. Along with vocals, of course. I do like the little flute scissor at the end. That just leads into nothing. It just abruptly ends the song right there. Another solid, simple song on the Help album. And you know what? I'm skipping the gong entirely. I'm moving directly to track four, I Need You. This one was not written by Lennon or McCartney. It was by George Harrison, the first song to do so on this album. It's worth, it's worth noting that only four songs on this album were not jointly written by Lennon and McCartney. A distinctive guitar riff leads us into another simple girl song. And by girl song, I mean it's about how a guy loves a girl, yada yada yada, song's over. The structure isn't really to write home about, it's just mainly verse, chorus, maybe throw in a bridge, but that's about it. Again, not much more to say. Do we detect a pattern? Yes we do. Two songs in a row that both have the word girl in it. We got another girl, and you're going to lose that girl. Fittingly enough, the first one is sung by Paul McCartney, the other one's sung by John Lennon. Starting with the former, another girl, well, take a guess about what the song's about. He literally has another girl start dating. The composition, like most of the other songs on this album, it's a happy-go-lucky tune with some actually very nice chord resolves in the middle in the choruses. If you'd like to compare it to another song I've reviewed, it's a lot like You're My Best Friend by Queen, except a lot faster. On the other side of the coin, you got You're Going to Lose That Girl. I like to think of it as someone's outright telling the guy that's singing the first song, but what else? It's like a compare and contrast thing. Except the guy singing this song is outright a complete jerk telling the other guy, hey, you know this girl's going to dump you the second you go out on a date, and then I'm going to take her. Oh, and treat her better than you ever did. And if you listen to the bridge in this song, yeah. It pretty much proves my point there. But my question is, if that's what this song's about, why does it sound so happy? I mean, I get it, a lot of these songs sound happy because of their composition and their lyrics and all, but this is one of those songs that I don't think has its place as being a happy-go-lucky song. In fact, it's a lot slower than Another Girl. In the middle of the song, you get a really good George Harrison solo, and... Okay, can I honestly say that George Harrison is one of the most underrated guitar players in all of rock? His soloing isn't really that impressive, but it doesn't really have to be in order to be a great guitar player. You can be very simple, and that's exactly what he did. And this duo of admittedly great-sounding songs is ultimately capped off by... Ticket to Ride one of the Beatles' most popular songs. Not a lot of lyrics either, it's just about a girl that's going away. Yep. But what really sells this song is the composition, specifically the drums. I mean, as a drummer myself, I'm a little biased to this, but just think for a second. The drummer decided to do a different beat than usual, and it became iconic like that. And again, I can't do this album justice, so I advise anyone listening 
to go and listen to this song for yourself. For the second and I believe last time on this album, this song has nothing to do with the girl. This song is about auditioning for a movie and what you're told to do is just act naturally for any part that's given to you. That's about it. This song was not written by the Beatles, but instead by Johnny Russell and Boney Morrison. And this song ended up reaching number one on the Billboard Country Singles in 1963. And in this version, it is sung by Ringo Starr. Finally, the drummer's getting some love. And while on the subject of Ringo Starr, I have to bring up. What makes a good rock drummer? Is it someone that's very technical? You know, someone like Neil Peart? Or someone like Ringo Starr, who can just keep it simple and lay down a really solid beat? As time could tell, the latter method seems to be the most timeless. The Beatles did a lot of covers in their time, especially in their early years, and this one is a very solid addition. It's simple, it's upbeat, and it's pretty good. Not much more said. The next three songs I'm going to lump together into one segment. The next three songs are It's Only Love, You Like Me Too Much, and Tell Me What You See. Yeah, those songs don't really ring a bell, do you? But once you hear them, you'll find out that there's a reason for it. I don't think that they're that good. Once again, all three of them have to do with relationships, specifically with girls. But seriously, out of reviewing a lot of these songs, they get bored real fast. I mean, is it complex? No, but it really doesn't have to be. But when you have songs about essentially the same thing over and over again, it gets old. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse or anything, but the songs sound very similar to those other songs that I reviewed. Similar structures, pretty much repeating the same chords over and over, and not much else. One thing I can give these songs credit for is the intrication of other instruments, specifically the Fender Rhodes. The Fender Rhodes is an electric piano that has that very distinctive sound to it, much like the Mellotron. And if you remember, while I was reviewing You're My Best Friend, same instrument. All in all, these three songs aren't really worthwhile to this album. But hey, these are just my opinions. There's something about Paul McCartney, man, that just makes me love his song so much. Again, this is a song like the last three, same subject matter, but it's different. I've Just Seen a Face is one of those songs. Not really a complex arrangement, but it's the melody that Paul McCartney brings out in his vocals that just make me like it so much. Now, here's something about the Beatles you might not have known about. The Beatles were so big, they had their own cartoon show. Well, they didn't voice the characters, but they were the characters. One of the episodes featured this song, and I'm not kidding. The premise is, George, Paul, and John take Ringo to a haunted house to scare him into making him sing better. But hijinks ensue, and Ringo ends up covered in flour and makeup, looks into a mirror, he sees himself as a pretty woman, and then the song starts playing. Because it's a haunted house, he thinks it's a pretty good-looking ghost. I mean, of course he would. It's himself. It was just a funny scene, and it didn't really amount to anything. That's mainly how the cartoon went. But overall, it's a solid Beatles song. But my favorite has to go to track 13, Yesterday.
very recognizable and very beloved. The instrumentation is, well, just guitar. Okay, not just guitar. It's got strings, too. A very new addition to the Beatles, and quite a welcome one. A girl is only mentioned a few times throughout the song, and the rest of it is just Paul. It's amazing. It's quite sad and quite existential, even for Beatles standards. It's kind of about how life goes by very quickly, and days turn into just fractions of a second. Believing in what came yesterday makes it all the more worth it. This song may have well cemented Paul McCartney's tremendous career as a successful solo artist, songwriter, and bass player. And guitar player, for that matter. Very few songs put him in a category like no other. This is one of them. Proving you don't need much to make a hit. Track number 14 to round out the album is a cover of Dizzy Miss Lizzie, originally by Larry Williams. It's a moderately fast-paced rock 12-bar blues. You can't really go much wrong with those songs. But because it's the Beatles, I see it as a lot better than, well, the original. A lot of people think it's a lot better, because it's the Beatles. But other than that, well, it actually is. There is a lot more to say about this album in particular. The fact is that there isn't much more. It's the very simple things that this album brought forth within the Beatles career that make it so timeless. You really didn't need complex arrangements. You really didn't need hard rock, complex drumming, any sort of sound effects. Nope, just plain 60s rock and roll with not really memorable messages or any existential thoughts. They're just songs about people. And I think that's what made the Beatles so freaking awesome. The Beatles would go on to improve their musicality by making such great albums like Sgt. Pepper's and The White Album, which do have those complex arrangements and those different elements that were not brought forth in this album. But for the year 1965, it worked, and I think it still works in 2019. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I know I didn't play very many songs this time around, but I'll make it up to you next time. Just promise not to throw me against the wall, okay? As always, my Going Platinum Twitter account will have everything you need to know about this episode and my previous ones. So, you know what? Let's end this episode how it began. Won't you please?